Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We have been looking in recent episodes at how to pray for a nation. Daniel chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 9, Ezra chapter 9. And we're at the end of the prayer at Ezra. We completed it in the previous episode. But I want us to pick up the last thing that Ezra said. And then I want us to see uh, what happens next because we actually see how the people respond. And this is a great, great picture for us, folks. I think it's a great example for us. So uh, Ezra chapter 9 verse 15 says this. O Lord, God of Israel, you are righteous. Now, remember, this is Ezra speaking this. For we have been left an escaped remnant. As it is to this day, behold, we are before you in our guilt. For no one can stand before you because of this. So Ezra is acknowledging that they are guilty for what they have done. They had broken the law, particularly from the point of view of uh taking from the people of the land, the Canaanites and all that kind of stuff, uh, wives and husbands of the other people. They were not supposed to do that. They were not supposed to have anything to do with the people of the land. And they had done that. Remember what Ezra did when this was brought to his attention. He tore his robe, okay, tore his clothing, and he pulled hair out of his head and pulled hair out of his beard. And he was appalled before the Lord all day long. And then he arose and he started praying before the Lord, and this is the prayer that we have. Now, let's go to chapter 10, the very next verse, and listen what happens. Now, while Ezra was praying and making confession, weeping and prostrating himself before the house of God, a very large assembly, men, women, and children gathered to him from Israel for the people wept bitterly. Now, I just want you to think on that for just a moment. Just reflect upon that just for a moment, okay? You see what's happening here. Ezra hears what's going on. He goes before the Lord, and he does it very publicly, very publicly. This verse 1 right here tells us that while he was praying, while he was making confession, so we see what he's doing. He's confessing the sins, which we saw in chapter 9. He's praying. And he's not just doing this as a, a little perfunctory thing. You know, so many prayers, folks, are just perfunctory. I hear them constantly. These little same phraseologies, these trite little colloquialisms, which sound so religious and they sound so intimate, but just reveal that you have absolutely no relationship with God. I mean, some of them, they move from heartbreaking to irritating. I mean, they really do. This was nothing like this. He was praying. He was confessing. He was weeping. Now, I also know situations, have an experienced situation where people cry and they weep, and it sounds, oh, so great and oh, so wonderful, but it's not real. They're faking it. Okay, you, you can fake religiosity and piousness in all sorts of ways. He wasn't doing that. He was weeping, and he was prostrating himself before the house of God. Remember, he had bowed down on his knees and his palms toward heaven, and I think he had his face to the ground because he said, Lord, I don't even want to lift my face to you. 
He's doing this in front of everybody before the house of the Lord. Well, guess what happens? People start coming. And when you read it, it says, A very large assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him from Israel. <clears throat> so uh, those in the area that, that were from all, you know, from the people of Israel gathered there. And, you know, you can read this and think, well, they're just, you know, following the fire truck. They're just looking to see what's happening right here and, you know, what's, what's going on with all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. The last phrase of the first verse tells us something. For the people wept bitterly. The people wept bitterly. Do you see what's happening here? One person, when he hears of the sin, humbles himself. Praise, makes confessions, speaks to the Lord, cries, weeps that before the Lord and before the Lord's people. No pride, no arrogance, no hubris here. And that one person doing this draws the people and touches the heart of the people. And the people themselves start weeping bitterly because they realized what they had done. Now listen to verse 2. Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, one of the sons of Elam, said to Ezra, we have been unfaithful to our God and have married foreign women from the peoples of the land. Yet now there is hope for Israel in spite of this. I love this. This is such a picture, folks, of how we even as the body of Christ are to be. Here Ezra is heartbroken, pouring out. At the end of the prayer, he says, God, we're here before you. Ezra doesn't come back with an answer. He doesn't come back with a solution. He doesn't do anything. He just ends right there. He's, he's still praying, but we got the end of that prayer. It's somebody else. Shechaniah comes along to Ezra and says, you're right. We have been unfaithful to God. Okay? And here's how we've been unfaithful. We have married foreign women from the peoples of the land. We have co-mingled <laughs> with the people, with the world. Uh, the fancy word today is called syncretism. We see it all throughout the body of Christ today, where people will uh, claim certain things and adhere certain things to the truth of the word of God and that kind of stuff. But when it gets right down to it, you see a lot more of the world in the way they operate, in the way they think, in the way they act, in the way they live than you see of the kingdom of God. Just, just check. Just see where you are right now. Just look, look at the religious organizations right now, perhaps even the one you're a part of. Do you see them acting and reacting and quoting the things of the world, or do you see them acting and reacting and quoting the things of the kingdom of God? I dare say it's more the things of the world in the name of the kingdom of God. It's that type of thing. The same thing that happened here. They had married foreign women. But don't you love this? Shechaniah says, yeah, now there is hope for Israel in spite of this. He's telling him there is hope. You know, I thought I was going to get through this, but I'd rather just wait till I have a little more time because the next three or four verses are just phenomenal. Uh, the short of it is this. Uh, uh, Shechaniah is going to tell him what to do. Tell him what to do. But then he's going to sort of uh, verify and confirm some things right here. I want us to know this. I want us to know that in the midst of times, often people point to, oh, these are fearful times. These are worse times than we've ever been through in our whole lives. Well, perhaps in your life, but these are not the worst times that mankind has ever had. As a matter of fact, when it's all said and done, 
And when people realize what's happened with the, uh, we're in the midst of the coronavirus thing right now at the time of this, if you're listening to it three or four years later, <laughs> uh, when people find out why this has happened, how it's happened, what the purpose is, there is going to be such an anger you are not going to believe. As a matter of fact, most people will find it hard to believe the truth of what is really occurring. And that's the reason we need one another, because one person will have the truth about it. Another person will have understanding and wisdom about how to communicate that to people to where they will understand what's going on. Same thing happened right here. Ezra realized the truth of this, that they had turned away from God. Shechaniah comes along and says, I agree, man. I, I agree with what you just said right there. We have been unfaithful to God. We have married these foreign women. But know this. There is hope for Israel. That is what we need to speak for. In the midst of these things, when these lies and deceptions become abundantly clear to everybody, we need to tell folks there is hope. And the hope is not in our ability to understand, but the hope is in the most high God. Never forget that, folks. Okay, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode, okay? Okay.